I want to share with you, church, that our theme for this year is deep roots. Somebody say deep roots. I don't hear you guys loud enough because it's still early in the morning and it's the first time you've used your voice since worship ended. So let's say together, deep roots. All right, you can see over there, what does that say? All right, so we have a deep roots wall, okay? And I believe that many of you will have found one of these cards on your chest. Now, some of you I saw, you've been waving them at me, and I see that you've written all kinds of things on it already. Good for you, right? It's so good. I'm so glad the, for the enthusiasm in the house. Now, hold this card, okay? Later, today will also be an anointing service. You don't have to write now, okay? You don't have to write on it right now. Uh, later, I'll be preaching, sharing the word with you for about half an hour, and then later we're going to be praying for every body here okay and so during the anointing service um, uh, myself and my wife Pastor Athalia Pastor Ramesh and his wife Denise the four of us will be praying for every single one of you the connect team uh, will be ushering you um, to us to be to pray for um, now here's the thing while you are waiting for your turn you can whip this out and you can start prayerfully writing your commitment on what does it say here what i want to grow deeper in right what i want to grow deeper in and the second question here is how i plan to achieve it because it's one thing to have good intentions it's another thing to have a workable pathway to fulfilling your good intentions and so in this church i don't just want you um to 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 commit to what you want to achieve i want you to commit to how you want to go about achieving it amen Amen. So actually, the, the year will be spent with a lot of doing things like, I want to do more of this, I want to do more of that. How many of you, you are New Year resolution junkies? And I've got my hand raised, so I'm one of them. Okay, Des, you're one of them. Yeah, anyone else? Come on, guys. And goals, goal, goal junkies, right? I know, I know there's a goal junkie over there. Yeah, Ruben Chan, yeah. Okay, anyone else? Like, you set yourself one or two uh, things you want to achieve this year. How many of you have thought about how you, amen. How many of you have thought about how you want to grow this year? Okay, so seeing as only 8% of our church have thought about how they want to grow this year, today's sermon is going to be very helpful for every single one of us because this sermon is about how you want to grow this year, amen. Now I'm going to ask you, how many of you, you do want to grow this year? Amen, okay, 98% of you, okay Now, how many of you believe that Jesus wants to grow you? It's a different question How many of you believe that Jesus wants you to grow this year? 95%, three people, you know, grew in disbelief in between those two questions Let's go, let's go Deep roots, right? Why is our theme for this year deep roots because deep roots will nourish you and deep roots will anchor you somebody say that deep roots will what ah we got both let me make it easier for you this side is going to say nourish because nourish on this side okay this side okay deep roots will this side will say anchor okay deep roots will deep roots will deep roots will <laughs> You're going to have to say both, okay? Deep roots will? Amen. Deep roots will nourish 
and anchor you. When a tree is planted and it's got roots that go all the way down, it is a well-nourished tree. It is drawing resources from the deepest, purest, best place. And when the same tree is all the way anchored, has strong foundations deep in the subterranean parts, you know, of the, of the earth, then it is strongly anchored. Today, I want to share with you about how deep roots anchor you. And next week, I will share with you about how deep, sorry, it's the other way around. Today, I want to share with you about how deep roots will nourish you. And next week, I will continue casting vision for the year and show you that deep roots anchor you. Okay, so let's go. Deep roots nourish you. Okay, beginning with Psalm chapter 1. Right, Psalm 1. Blessed is the man or woman Okay, so this is the ESV, okay? Blessed is the man or woman who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his or her delight is in the law of Yahweh. And on his law, he or she meditates day and night. Now, if, if, if you're newish to someone, I just want you to be able to see the different postures of the person who walks, the person who stands, the person who sits, okay? And, uh, and essentially, someone is beginning, right? All of the sounds by essentially saying that in whatever posture you are in, you will be blessed if you do not partner with the wicked. You will be blessed if you do not align yourself to those who are unrighteous. Or you will be blessed if you align yourself to God. So walk in the ways of God. Sit in the ways of God. Lay down in the ways of God, right? And so that's, but the real part that I want to show you is coming up next. But first, I want you to see that when you are aligned to God, you will indeed be blessed, okay? And here's the deal. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. So not so the wicked. They are like shaft that the wind blows away. Therefore, now you see the stand again, right? Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For Yahweh, our God, Yahweh watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. So if you stood among the wicked, among the cheats, among the liars, among the crooked, okay, you will not stand in the judgment like as they won't, okay? But here's the thing. Now, this is a year where we're going to discern, okay? When someone says, do not stand with the wicked, do not sit with the scoffers, it is not saying, you go live in your holy huddle with all your heavily, highly moralistic people, you know, and then don't care for the rest of the world, okay? That's not what someone is saying. The rest of the scripture will show you that what someone is saying is, don't align your heart to the ways of wickedness. Don't align your ways and your habits and your values to the ways of worldliness, but let your heart resonate. 
you know, the two, the, 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 the two tuning forks, right? Okay, their resonance, when you bring them together, they vibrate together, right? Resonate with the values of God. Know what He loves, know what He, 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 he cannot stand, and know what He stands for. Amen? Amen? Alright, uh, what do we want to rest on this? The person who aligns with God is like a tree planted by streams of water, right? And as a result of that, they do two things come through, right? They yield fruit and their leaves don't wither. But first, I just want you to see this word planted, the tree that is planted, the original Hebrew word contains shades not just of planting but of transplanting. So sometimes the original Hebrew word is used in situations where a tree is transplanted. Not just seed to grow, but mature tree, brought and transplanted. There are shades of that meaning. There are also shades of a meaning of being firmly planted. So if you are using some of the English translations, I believe um, it could be the NASB, it will say, he is like a tree firmly planted by streams of water. So there are shades of transplanting. There are shades of firmness in the rooting of this tree. Now, why is that important? You're going to see throughout this today and next week, okay, why it's so important for a tree to be firmly rooted in the ground. And you can see too already when the tree is planted by streams of water, then it yields fruit and its leaf does not wither. Put it differently, a rooted tree stays fresh and a rooted tree yields fruit. Okay, a rooted tree stays fresh. Now, how many of you, you know, you like plants? How many of you all like planting? Planting tree? Yep, yep. You all you plant lovers, green-fingered humans, you know. I'm not. I see some of you like, no, give me a plant, okay, and it will wither in my hands, right? It will just, it's like I have the, it's like I have a touch of, uh, I don't know what kind of touch, right? The moment I touch it, you know, uh, the thing starts to lie you like, uh, death has befallen me, Fergus, why you do this to me, right? Uh, and then some of you, you're just green-fingered. My own father is so green-fingered, you know, everything he touches just, you know, flourishes, I, I didn't get that part of the blessing, right? And so, <laughs> that's fine, that's fine. Now, here's the thing, here's the thing. If you know anything about plants, you'll know when your plant needs to be watered. You'll know when your plant is thirsty for water, when what happens to the leaves? They're yellow, right? When the leaves start to yellow, when they become limp, when they go <sighs> You know, and it looks as though they've lost their, their, their will to live. Their, their joie de vivre is missing, right? And your, and your, your leaves just kind of go, oh, and they look tired. They look like, you know, um, at the end of Boxing Day after many, many Christmas parties, and your leaves just go like, oh. I'm tired. You know, I don't want. I, I don't want to do this, right? Uh, just wake me up. Just wake me up two years from now, right? Um, that's what happens. How many of you you felt that for yourself? You felt tired. You felt that you are like the leaf that is yellowing. You are like the leaf that is limp. You are like the leaf that has that is that is just parched and dying for some strength, but you have none to offer yourself. You've been there before. How many of you, you have been there before? I've been there before. I know many of you have been there before. That's what happens when a tree is dry and when you are dry and when you are parched and when you're not 
drinking from a proper water source. And then, that's when you know spiritually, you are in need of some watering. And in the same way, the plant is in need of watering. And if you do water, most plants will survive, right? Most plants are not quite so fragile. You water them, and then they become, you know, healthy and fresh again. Same thing for us. And as we begin a new year, I want to encourage every single one of you, stay fresh in the Lord this year. Because I want to tell you something, and I'm not prophesying hardship over you. This is just how life has always been and will always be. It's going to be a hard year. And any of you who thinks otherwise may not be living on earth. It will be a hard year. Now, I don't know how it will be hard. For some of you, it might be financially challenging because you've got lots of liabilities, right? For some of you, it might be relationally challenging because you are you're growing courage to face difficult situations. For some of you, it might be professionally difficult because you are in the midst of transition. For some of you, it might be physically uh, or medically challenging because you're going through something already. It's not something new. You already are facing it, right? But one way or another, there's one thing now. The environment around you can change. One thing that should not change is what you can control. And what you can control is to remain in God so that as your roots are, are going deep in God, you are drawing and drinking deep and you are staying fresh. Amen. You're staying fresh in the Lord. And so, the first thing that, that Psalm 1 describes about the tree that is planted by streams of water is that it yields fruit and it stays fresh. Now, here's the thing about yielding fruit. We can go through year on year on year and feel like you're not really producing anything of true worth. You can feel stagnant. You can feel like maybe some of you have even experienced going year on year and most, if not maybe even all of your ventures don't seem to go anywhere. And you look at your past few years, you look at your past few decades and you ask yourself, actually, how much have I achieved? How much of what I've achieved has lasting value? And some of you are thinking, actually, how much have I achieved at all? I don't know. Now, that's the issue of fruit. Have you born fruit? Now, I want to be clear. Fruit bearing is not entirely in your hands. Your role is to spread out your life before the Son, the Son of God, right? And be faithful, stay rooted, spread your arms to, in worship and in praise and glory to God and do the right things be in a place of good counsel and the Lord delivers fruit. Faithfulness is our part. Fruitfulness will be God's part. But there is an idea, there is a way behind fruitfulness and the way around fruitfulness is in abiding in God. Amen? The way of fruitfulness is in abiding in God. He will, he will provide the fruit. So I just want to encourage you, in season... He will provide the fruit. Just abide in Him. Amen? Just abide in Him. How do we know this? John chapter 15. Jesus says to His disciples, I am the vine. There are a lot of vines and there's a grapevine out there. You can plug yourself into it and have the latest scoop of all. But Jesus is the true vine. And if you plug yourself in Him, 
then you become like one of his branches. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, and if I remain in you, and there is a line. How many of you have been to hospitals? You've been put on an IV drip. There is a line, right? And if there is no line, there's no nourishing, right? You know you've been there, I've been there, right? If there's no line, there's no nourishing. And then you die and dry, right? But when there is a line... You stay alive. You stay hydrated. You stay strong. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Anyone who remains in me and I in you, then you will bear much fruit. For apart from me, now it says here, you can do nothing. And I know, no, no, don't overstate it. I do so many things apart from God. What? Now, maybe... Maybe you've done a lot of things apart from God. But Jesus is really saying that apart from me, you really can't do anything. Now, you may have heard people say before that you can't do anything of lasting value. And that is true. But I want to take it one step further. Apart from God, really right now, you have no breath. Apart from God, there is no sunlight and if there is no sunlight, then immediately the whole earth freezes over and you and I can forget about trying to do anything. Never mind lasting value or not lasting value. You can't do anything. Apart from God, there is no warmth. There's no vegetation. There's no gravitational pull on earth. So you and I, even if there is a sun, will be floating in space, right? Apart from God, there is, the earth will not be on its axis. It will just ping around the universe. There is no conceivable existence without God. So when Jesus says, Abide in me and I in you, for apart from me you can do nothing, He may just as well be saying this about our, our whole cosmos, our whole earth. Earth, abide in me and I in you. For apart from me, you have, you're not on an orbit that is consistent and, re, and stays warm, just enough warmth, just enough cool to not burn up or freeze up. Right? And in the same way, church, for you, abide in God and let God abide in you. And in this way, you will bear much fruit. And I tell you what happens when you don't. If anyone does not abide in me, then he uses the metaphor of twigs, branches, gathered when they fall, thrown away, branches that wither, thrown into the fire, they are burnt up, and then it's over. Dust, ashes. There is no meaning. There is no future. There is no hope. There is no eternity. There is no some kind of eternity. Eternity in a state that you don't want to be in. Right now, church. Today, as we begin a new year, I'm showing you that what Jesus says when He wants us to put our roots deep, deep roots nourish you. Deep roots in Christ will keep you alive, because rooted branches nourish and flourish but unrooted branches dry and die. Amen? Somebody got amen? Rooted branches will nourish and will flourish. You will do well. Now, I don't know about the world's metrics of doing well. If you're rooted in Christ this year and you're growing in Christ this year, you will do well. And whether the metrics of success of the world affirms your doing well or not, that's a secondary issue. We can deal with that on another day. But you will do well in the eyes of Christ. You will do well in this life.
But when you are unrooted, when you are uprooted and not replanted, when you are scattered, when you are broken, broken branches, they too die and dry. Amen. And so as we begin a new year, I want to encourage every single one of you to remain and to be abiding in the vine of Jesus Christ. I'm not even going to talk about the church just yet. We'll talk about the church later, maybe next week, maybe later in this sermon. But first things first, abide in Christ. Amen. Now, one way to abide in Christ is to abide in the Word. I was just leading two sisters to Christ last night, no, two nights ago at our Friday Dominate altar. And as I was praying with them, I was using the expression, the Word of God for the name of Jesus. And I was encouraging them to abide in the Word of God. And it was such a joy to see two sisters, you know, cross-cultural, come to the Lord, you know, and profess, yes, I believe, I have faith, Jesus is the name above all names. And already the year, the, the year is hardly a week old and people are coming into faith in the vine who is Jesus Christ. And they went home with two Bibles, one each, you know, uh, with a bookmark on the Gospel of Mark. And I told them, go home, read this. Why? Because you want to abide in Him. And how you abide in Him? Abide in in His Word. Now, how many of you, you got a Bible, a physical Bible, either with you right now or you have it at home? Just give a little wave, right? Okay? Now, we are a church that provides some, some quantity of physical Bibles. If you want to follow the sermon with a physical Bible, I highly encourage it. We've got a bunch of Bibles over there. We've got them in English. We've got them in BM English. We've got them in Chinese English. You know, we've got them in full BM, full Chinese as well. So if you want a Bible in the church, you can go grab one of those. Now, I want to move on. I want to move on, right? Because the way you're going to abide in Christ, one way, one clear way to be deeply rooted is to be deeply rooted in the Word of God. Okay? I want you to be deeply rooted in the Word of God. And this means that this is going to nourish you. And this is going to anchor you. I recently had this thought. It's not a great thought, but... As a pastor, I started thinking that my Bible is to me what a stethoscope is like to a doctor. And I'll tell you why. This is the tool by which I hear. And in the same way that a doctor has, is not able to hear what's happening in the lungs, is not able to hear what's happening uh, with the breath, you know, um, and, and to be able to detect if there is, there is moisture, there's liquid, there's infection, there's something. If you not just me, the pastor. If you don't have this, then my friend, how are you hearing? By what instrument are you hearing? And if you're hearing from any alang alang punya punya barang, how you know what you're hearing is God? How you know who you're hearing is God? The next thing you know, 2024 has ended and you've abided in something, but you don't know if it's God. Now, we know this is Christ revealed. And because this is Christ revealed, I want to encourage you to abide in this and make this the implement by which you are hearing the voice of God because through that remaining in the Word, you are going to grow. Now, Charles Spurgeon, the old theologian, said it this way. He said, visit many good books, but live in the Bible. 
Amen? Amen. I love reading, and every year I set myself some reading goals, right? So two years ago, I read 23 books. I was so happy. I was like, yeah, you know, and I was, I was really pumped. Then the year after that was last year, um, it dropped, right? It fell, um, and I read 14 books, right? Um, and it was okay. It was okay, right? So I set myself growth goals every year. I hope you set yourself growth goals every year, right? Listen to a podcast, make yourself grow. Read books, make yourself grow, right? Um, uh, have a mentor, get yourself growing, right? Visit many good books, but live in the Bible. Well, what does it mean to say live in the Bible? When we say live in the Bible, it means that you have ordered your life around the reality of Scripture, around the value system of the Bible. So that when you live in your own home, you know where everything is. If you were blindfolded, you could probably map your way around your house. Roughly, intuitively, you know how many steps to the kitchen, turn right a little bit, feel your way around, you can get to the fridge, you can pour yourself some water, even if you couldn't see. That's why, because you are familiar, it is second nature, it is home for you. So please, this year, grow yourself with all kinds of other things, but live in the Bible. Let this be the primary homing ground where you accustom yourself. Let this be the place that where, you, where you know what you know. Primary, the, the, the foundational things. Now, I want you to know, this year, if you say, I'm going to stay in SIBKL at Sungai Bulo, as your pastor, I have a vision for you. You want to know my vision? I'm passionate about this vision. My vision for you, if you stay in this church, you attend church on Sundays, you attend, you get into a cell group, you attend our Bible studies, right? This year, one thing you're going to grow in, you're going to grow in knowing the story of God as displayed and manifest through His Scripture. You're going to understand the big picture of the story. How many of you, you feel that the Bible is just itsy-bitsy pieces of story here? Uh, uh, um, something you learn from Sunday school there, a uh, verse here, a verse there. Friend, that won't do. You can't abide in a broken up Bible. You can't abide in a scattered and, and, and kind of like piecemeal. I take this because... I have one verse. I take that because there's another verse and then I remember this story from that. That won't do. That's like eating one grain of rice. How are you going to do it? You be nourished. I mean, like if you're famished, that helps you a bit. But you will not grow strong. So church, this year, abide in it. So if you stay in this church, and this is my call to you. This is an expectation I have for myself. Stay and you will grow in understanding the meta-narrative, the big storyline of your whole Bible. Because in 18 weeks, starting from two weeks from now, we are going to take you through the entire story from creation to the fall. And then God resets through Noah. He resets through Babel. And then He gives a promise to Abraham. Generations later, they've become a tribe. And then they end up in, Israel, in Egypt. They have to come out through the Exodus, right? They have to take land through conquest. There is chaos in the time of the judges. And then they establish kings for themselves. Saul, David, Solomon, kingdom splits. And then God sends prophets to them to try to pull them back, right? Eventually, the kings decay, the royal houses decay, and everything collapses. They go to exile in Babylon. 
70 years later, they returned back to the land that they were given. They spent many years under Greek rule, anticipating the arrival of Messiah until Jesus Christ is born. And when he is 30, he enters the ministry. He says, the kingdom of God is here. And through the kingdom's arrival, he arrives at his throne. His throne is not a throne of gold. His throne is the cross. And on the cross, all of atonement was taken care of and all of enthronement was taken care of because atonement and enthronement meet on the cross. Kingdom and salvation in Jesus. The church was born and we will go on until the apocalypse. This is the story of your Bible. If you stay, my promise to you, we grow you to know this story. So for 18 weeks, one after another, we will be going into the big story of your Bible. Church, are you looking forward to growing in the Word? Yeah. Amen? Amen? I'm excited to grow in the Word alongside you. A rooted tree stays fresh. A rooted tree yields fruit. Third one, a rooted tree grows up. Now, when I say grow up, I don't mean it in the kind of like insulting way like, hey, dude, grow up, man. I don't mean it that way, okay? So don't hear it that way, okay? A rooted tree grows up. A rooted tree does not just grow kind of like, you know, it grows up in strength, amen? Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up, grow up in your salvation. Now that you have tasted the Lord is good. So you want spiritual feeding. You, I, I want you to be hungry this year. One of the things I say for myself, my own culture for myself, right? Your, your, your company has like company cultures. One of my cultures is hungry. Stay hungry, right? One of the things I want to stay hungry for is stay hungry for spiritual feeding. So I want you to desire it. Tell yourself every day, I'm going to be a hungry person, right? I'm going to be a hungry person, amen? Now, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk. There is another verse in Hebrews 5. It says something that's almost like the opposite. Because here, the gospel write, the, the, the epistle writer is scolding what should be mature Christians. And he says, guys, y'all still need milk. Right? You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk being still an infant is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature. Now, this is saying that I need you to keep growing, keep making gains, keep moving on from one level of growth to the next level of growth. So which one is true? Should you be drinking so-called milk or solid food? Both are true. In other words, if I may sum this up, wherever you are, start drinking and start feeding from God and abide in His Word. Wherever you are, you may feel that I'm a baby in this, Pastor. I really have never read my Bible through. No judgment. I was a Christian many years before I started reading my Bible through, right? I read certain parts and I knew them well, but I never read the whole thing through for a long time until I eventually did. So no judgment. If you never read your whole Bible through, this is the year you start. And you may not clear it in one year even, but this is the year you make small gains. Crave spiritual milk. And for those of you, you've been in this for a long enough time, make new gains, right? Transit from milk to food, right? Transit from food to good food. Don't transit from milk to junk food, right? 
Now, here's, here's why it's important, and I'm going to close very soon because I want to pray for every single one of you. A rooted tree bears fruit, it stays fresh, and then it grows up. Now, growing is not just about becoming more competent. It's not just about being more competent. Competence is not maturity. Competence is a skill set. Anyone can grow competent. Competence is not maturity and therefore, churchy competence is not spiritual maturity. You guys know this, right? You can preach very well, can sing very well, can pray very well, can, can, can run a, a, a donation drive very well, you know, can, can, can give out lots of aid to people very well and still be spiritually immature. You can't, no one can feedback you, right? You get really defensive and angry. Then you get offended by every single thing. Leave church, jump, 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 jump. Right? Nobody can encourage you to grow. You feel attacked. And then suddenly it's like, oh, ah, why are you attacking me? You say, I'm not good enough. Say, I'm not good enough, is it? And then offended. Right? Break friendships, break friendships, right? God is saying, no, you can be very competent. It doesn't mean you're mature. I've met really mature people who spend very little time in church, but you can see there's a maturity in them. And they may not know how to do some of the doing, you know, with a kind of competence that someone who's aged in this can do, but there is a maturity in them. This year, I want to grow your maturity. Amen? I want to grow your maturity. And God wants to grow your maturity because God can't use you if you're offended about every small thing. God can't use you if you're throwing tantrums over every small thing. God can't use you if you're fighting with everybody all the time. God wants you to be that sibling in the family who is steady and mature, not the one who's always the drama queen or king, right? Now, we are the family. God wants every single one of you to be that sibling in the household who's steady and calm. Can you be that? Can you aspire to be that? Because I aspire to be that. And I think we all do. God wants to grow all of us to be that. Now, one last picture and then we're done, right? What's the difference between a potted plant and, a plant, and one planted in the ground? The roots? The roots what? Have you ever cracked open one of these and the roots are like... Right? I can tell you, a potted plant is very nice because you can carry it anywhere you like. You go holiday or so you can carry. You move house or so you can carry. So why wouldn't you want a potted plant? Because a potted plant is capped. Its growth is limited. The, the soil is finite. The nourishment in the soil is going to run out at some point. And it can only have so much potential. But a tree that is planted in the ground, the root system can go all the way down. It can drink deep. A planted tree can have deep roots. And when a tree has deep roots, it can grow up. It can grow strong. It can grow big. It can yield fruit. Amen? So church, I know some of you have been bouncing around from place to place. It may be here. It may be someone else. But this is the year you become a planted tree. Amen? This is the year you say, I'm done with being potted and being carried from place to place. I want to plant myself. I want to be planted by streams of water because I want to stay fresh and I want to yield fruit. Amen? Amen. So right now, 
Why do we do anointing at the start of a new year? We want to pray for every single one of us because we believe that when we consecrate you, when we pray over you, we're saying that you are set apart for God's purposes. You are set apart for a year of God being used by God. God can live through you so that wherever you go, God's glory goes through you and with you. And you become the most the, the best byproduct of God's power because you enjoy uh, an abiding life with God. Amen. So in a moment, we're going to end the sermon itself. If you're following us online, I want to pray to close this part and I'm going to be praying for everybody here. So online, we'll stop in a moment after I say amen, alright? But for the rest of you, the Connect team, will, the ushers will be guiding you to come to the front to be prayed for. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus Christ, you who call yourself divine, you have invited us to be your branches. You have invited us to come and abide in you. And so today, Lord Jesus, we want to say, Lord, I want to be in you. I want to remain in you. And so, I pray for even our friends who are online today. I pray, Lord Jesus, I speak over every single one of them who have signed in today. Lord Jesus, may they rest in you. May they hold tight to you. May they stay on you throughout this year. And may your goodness and mercy follow them all the days of this year. And all of God's people say, Amen. Amen.